blanking on what last week was prom. Prom. It was prom. I was going to say sexy. No. <laughs> that's, that's the one that, that's the one that's, that has stuck with you. It clearly traumatized you. Because, because I edited that episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last week on Glee Boot, it was prom, and Cullen really enjoyed it, but Hannah and Alyssa, not so much, and they sang Rebecca Black's Friday to everyone's chagrin. And that's what you missed on Glee Boot. Yay. Applause for Cullen. Welcome to Glee Boot, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we have one of my best friends here with us today, Katie Weatherly. Hi. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Katie thank you has for been on the. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said thank you for having me. Uh, Katie has sort of been on the podcast before. If you remember a clip, where she said <gasps> Leah Michelle should be arrested. Oh my god, that was yeah. this Katie. I yeah, I'm so curious now to see what you think about this Rachel performance. Oh no, Cullen, was I drunk when I recorded that? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Oh, I'm it's, pretty sure it was like the last time I was drunk. And I, oh, it was such a great addition to the podcast. We really appreciate it. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> we have an entire Glee podcast. So we, don't <laughs> we are constantly <laughs> embarrassed then. Yeah, that's oh, yes. Better. That's okay. All right. I feel better now. <laughs> you're you're with your people. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, all right. So I feel like I can be, you know, I can speak freely. Absolutely. And be fine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Katie, what are you drinking today, if anything? I am drinking a combination of sparkling water and coconut milk. Um, because oh. I'm on this new diet and I can't have alcohol, so I made a mocktail. Oh, fun! It's uh, sparkling water and coconut juice. It's sparkling water, so it's lime flavored sparkling water and coconut milk. Oh, so kind of like an Italian soda type of situation. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I highly recommend it. You know, and I can't have dairy, so if you have, like, actual milk, it would taste better. But, you know, this works, too. Ah, okay. Very cool. Anna? I am drinking rosé for the first time ever, actually. Uh, rosé? Yeah. I have never been attracted to this drink that everyone seems to love. It's very trendy. And then... I was at the liquor store and it's the Francis Ford Coppola brand. It's named after Sofia Coppola. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I like their stuff. And it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. I'm drinking, uh, I'm calling this uh, depression. It is what you have <laughs> after watching episode, uh, season two, episode 21 funeral. Um, <laughs> Not really. That's not, folks, mental health is important. But uh, it's what I'm calling this drink that's a mix of cool blue Gatorade and vodka. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like I have also had that before. And the circumstances 
around my depression were different, but I kind of feel like that could be a good name. It's like you just threw it together. You're like, this episode made me sad. Sad that I don't have a fridge still. You guys don't have a fridge still? (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, we don't. Oh my God. I'm real mad about it. I feel like that can't happen. Like, I feel like that's like a thing that is like illegal. Like you, it's actually not illegal in California to not have a fridge. What? However, because it, it's it's considered a um, not an appliance. It's considered something that you bring with you. So a lot of apartments don't even come with fridges. But because ours came with a fridge, we're entitled to have one yeah. that is working. Working. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're probably going to ask them to comp part of our rent because yeah. this is taking so freaking long. And we lost a bunch of food. Yeah. yeah. And that's expensive. And that means you can't really have, like food that you could just like keep for a while like you literally have to eat it right away yes exactly that's even more work you have to do well it's more money we have to spend because Cullen has been eating every meal out basically yeah Yeah. well not out like delivery right yeah so it's just it's been it's been a bit of a nightmare and I can't sleep because for some reason I had like a sixth sense it was supposed to be here yesterday and I just knew it was not going to come. Oh. And I couldn't sleep the night before last night. It's just ridiculous. Speaking of not sleeping, you're having a caffeinated beverage. I am having a caffeinated (laughs) beverage. I am definitely drinking a wonderful concoction. Um, I am going to call it Jean's Jean's imagination. Jean's imagination. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because Jean was definitely a big coffee drinker. Well, it tastes warm and cuddly, like mm. snickerdoodles. Oh. So it's really delicious, <laughs> and I wanted to honor Jean. It's made of. I want to say like probably. Two ounces of pumpkin spice, one ounce, or pumpkin spice li- liquor, one ounce of vanilla Baileys, and um, garnished with nutmeg and cinnamon, and then you just pour the rest of, like, the rest of the cup has coffee in it. Hmm. It smells so good. It, it literally tastes like snickerdoodles. So before we get going with the podcast, I'm going to announce or read out. We got a five-star review from Ania um, on May 3rd. So sorry it took so long for us to catch it. (laughs) Um, What? (laughs) But it says, wonderful, a really cool podcast that simultaneously makes fun of Glee while making you want to rewatch it all again. 100% recommended to anyone who loves, hates, or has never even watched Glee before. Thank you, Ania. Yay, thank you. Yeah. Um, I wish they gave out. you, like, 
notifications when we got when we get yeah. five star reviews, but I guess we'll just we could just do better to look out for it more. <laughs> I still Talk freak out us. every time I I like realize that someone is listening to us. I know this is happening at the back of my mind, mm-hmm. but it's it's real weird and really cool whenever someone gives us a five star review. Yeah, we love Helps it. people find the podcast. Yes. Share us with your friends. If you think we're that great, please let other people know. <laughs> let us ruin their lives with Glee content. <laughs> yes. So, Katie, you're a, you're a, a child of the theater. Um, <laughs> what, is your, what is your relationship with Glee? That's one way to put it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've I've been a part of the theater for a while since I was a child. Um, I guess you could call me a child actor, and I, but I didn't really do anything special or noteworthy. I just did community theater. Um, so I really loved Glee when it first came out. I did used to own a shirt that said "I'm a Gleek" on it. <sighs> Yes. Oh, oh my god, that's a, like a like a relic. So, <laughs> uh, I had since given it to. Um, I let a friend wear it, and uh, she never gave it back. So I don't know where it is. Um, wow. That's okay because I, I eventually stopped watching Glee because uh, I found that you know the more the more popular it got, the the less interesting it became. Uh, just because it was try- it was really catering to that you know that wide audience, so mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much as time went on, and um, and and then as I grew older and learned more about you know high school versus you know being out of high school and um, you know like following your dreams and you know like how like life of theater outside of you know community theater and high school theater like there's there's a lot that I've learned over the years and then when I rewatch Glee I'm like oh I have issues with a lot of things that happen <laughs> this, this is not realistic at all so yeah that's uh that's my current stance on Glee uh I really liked it at first and then over time um, became less of a fan. So I'm glad to be here to share my <laughs> edgy opinions. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good perspective. Like, I feel like a lot of people have said that, like, yeah, I used to like it, and then I'm rewatching it, and then I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, very problematic. Yes. <laughs> With Glee a capital P. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this week we watched season two, episode twenty-one, funeral. Oh wait, the yeah. quizzes. Yeah, you said you definitely <laughs> did the quizzes. I'm so excited to hear. Yes, I did the quizzes. I did the quizzes. What what should I announce first? Who's your Glee character? Okay, so the Glee character that I got from taking the regular personality-based BuzzFeed quiz, I got Quinn Fabray. Oh, nice. interesting. I think it's good. Yeah. good According to my Zodiac and how I order pasta, I'm Kurt Ooh. Hummel. 
Interesting. Oh, oh my goodness. Do Which one is more scientific? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is more scientific? I think the pasta one. <laughs> yeah, that's not I don't know what exactly pasta has to do with Kurt. Well, apparently everything according to BuzzFeed, so. Huh. Yeah. I that's amazing. So you're so part right Quinn, part Kurt. Yes, which is I think a nice balance. Mm. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm honestly okay with that. I'm completely fine with that. Better than getting, you know, like Rachel Berry or something. <laughs> so uh, the other quiz that you guys sent me the boyfriend quiz who's my glee boyfriend um i got blaine um yeah so, wait colin did you say you too yeah it's because we're from michigan that's why you think Michigan so? people love it's Darren like, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> since that we were from Michigan, and since you know Darren Chris is now the sweetheart of University of Michigan, yeah. like that's that's why we got him. That's my theory. Yeah, BuzzFeed knows these things. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I mean, it's they're tracking your location. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they can tell you that you're like Kurt because of the pasta that you order, there's something there. BuzzFeed is big brother. Yeah, no, BuzzFeed knows too much about me. They know more than I know. And then, Hannah, did you play Glingo this week? I did, and I didn't get a Glingo. I don't think I got Glingo last week or the week before either. It's just a bunch of random check marks all over the page. Yeah. We did not play. Our printer... You guys got to get on that digital version, I though. I got more ink for it. <laughs> Alyssa didn't tell me that the printer was I, I did not tell them. Well, it's my printer. It's her printer, yeah. <laughs> you guys got to get on that uh, Save the Trees. Get on the digital version. That's what I do. I use my, what's this app? The preview app on my Mac. Oh, yeah. I just learned how to do that. Yeah, dude, it's so great. You didn't know about preview on Macs? No, like, I just didn't... That you can, like, edit and, like, write yeah. on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, previous been on Max literally since they came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Um, so let's talk about Funeral. Uh. Can we talk about the name first? Yeah. So, it's a really depressing name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like they could have, like, named it something more honorable to to Gene. <laughs> yeah, this one's a bit Since, on the nose. Yeah, maybe they could just say maybe maybe they could just name it Gene. I feel that like that would be, would be too obvious. Well, obvious how though? Because Because if funeral, you say her name, you know it's about her, her. but you don't know if she's yeah. dead. True. Whereas in we already now know that someone died, but we're not sure who. Glee loves their one-word names like mattress. That, <laughs> yeah, and then others that like vaguely just don't make sense. But then if you think about it, I guess it makes sense. I like special education. So <laughs> oh, uncomfortable. So well, what like, if they named it like I miss my sister? Uh mm, 
I don't yeah, know. I, like I don't have any titles. I like the one word titles because who really pays attention to what the show's title is anyway? I mean, you know, the age of cable is over. Well, you're, just, yeah. you're just going to one episode from the next. I mean, you don't even True. know what season you're on when you wake up at 2 a.m., you know, after falling asleep watching Glee. So it doesn't really matter i think you know funeral great boom everything you need to know a little bit of mystery it's not specific hilarious let's just do that (laughs) so funny yeah yeah uh so like i actually had to look up this episode because i couldn't tell if it was something that like that actress had died and they had to like put this together but it turns out that like at comic-con the year before this came out or something like that. It was either that or like Paley Fest. Ryan Murphy talked about how they were going to, I'm going to say kill someone because obviously it's the writers doing this. They were going to have someone die in season two. And like a lot of people thought it was going to be Karofsky. Um, But then they're like, no, it's someone like who's like actually really dear to the show. And then I'm like, but why her? Like, why is this happening? It made me so mad. But yeah. So I literally was like, wait a second, what is this situation? And then it turns out it was just, yeah, we decided we didn't want this character on the show anymore. Oh, so that, Maybe so they that actress. So yeah, was, no, she's, okay. from what I can tell as of this episode, she's fine, like this like Glee episode. But yeah, like it wasn't like a in memoriam type thing. So. Okay, because I was wondering that too when I was watching it. I couldn't remember like, if the actress had died or not, and I thought maybe. And I was going to look it up, but I, you know, I forgot because I was crying too hard. Um, and then right, yeah. yeah, so I thought for sure something had happened, but no. Well, okay, no, it was just character service. <laughs> That's all it was. <sighs> anyway. I'm going to say it. This episode, not great. Very bad. Uh, yeah. I loved this episode. This is one of my, this is actually one of my, because there's so many reasons why I like this episode. And I remember this episode specifically back from when I was an actual fan, like back in the day. And so when you guys sent me this episode as the one I'm watching, I was part like, oh my gosh, I get to watch this again. And part, why do I have to watch this again? I can't stomach watching this again because I just remember being so sad at the end. Are you a sympathetic crier? Pardon? Are you a sympathetic crier? Do you like cry when other people cry? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. I see. Yeah, so I I was a mess watching this. And of course, then all the nostalgia kicked in. And I remembered, you know, having that, you know, cover of Pure Imagination on the burned CD in my car, like in uh, high school and everything. And like, ah, it just brought back all of those memories. And the fact that this is just a really sad episode, it just, oh my gosh, I was sobbing, but it felt good. It was a good, good double whammy. It was good. It's it was a nice nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I worked out a lot of my, you know, past, past trauma with this. Glee therapy. Glee is therapy. Yeah, I did not remember this episode, like, really as a whole. But, like, as soon as it started, and then, like, I think when it was not even that many, that few, 
that many minutes into it, I was like, oh my God, wait, this is the episode with Sue's sister dying. And then I just like, I just like, I kept getting really sad about it because, but I was also really angry because it didn't make sense for the show. And so I think that's part of what kept me back from liking any part of it was that it just made me really angry. There were, this is the first time that I've seen this episode. As everyone who's listened before knows, this is my first run through of Glee, especially like halfway through season one. So I saw the first half of season one. But this episode seems frustrating to me because I, I felt like it was trying to do something that it didn't accomplish. Mm. Um, so I like the idea of what they were going for, but I don't think they did it very well. And I wish it, I actually, I don't even know what they were going for. Were they trying to make it like the body in Buffy? Like, is that like, anyone seen that? Wow. Alyssa just made a pop culture reference that, I did not understand. Colin, do you understand it? No. Oh my God, this is a first. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually, okay, but I can't say that it's a pop culture, culture reference that I am like legitimately into because I haven't watched all of Bobby. I literally only had to watch The Body because one of my professors thought it was like the best TV episode ever. Interesting. Yes. Well, that's still valid and we'll have to you'll have to explain it to us what's going on with that um so in the body if i remember correctly buffy's mother dies and it's all about how she deals with the death of her mother Mm. like that's the entire episode and it is really hard to watch they don't use any form of non-diegetic sound which Mm. means they don't have any music during the entire episode. Um, If I remember correctly, this was a long time ago, guys. Feel (laughs) free to correct me if I am wrong. (laughs) Um, But I remember it being a really good episode that deals specifically with death and funerals. And so, like, I was kind of prepared for something more like that. And instead I got Glee's version, which is Glee's version. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing because have- we are watching Glee, so it's it's yeah. nice to get their own yeah. version and didn't try to do like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> rendition of death. I don't think she fights anyone <laughs> in that either. I think it's just and the interesting thing about the body is that her mom doesn't die from any like monsters or anything like that. It's she literally has causes. a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, she has a heart attack. So it it's a really interesting take on it from Buffy's standpoint, but that was years ago. But this episode of Glee reopens with Sue rerouting the Glee Club's plane to Libya. Right, yeah, really hostile territory for Americans. Uh, also, a lot of people in general, too. No one can just do that. You can't just do that. Well, apparently Howard Bamboo can, whose nope. <laughs> who's, who's, uh, supervillain name is Panda Express, apparently. He <laughs> loves an Asian joke. And I, they also keep bringing Terry back. And I'm like, why? I don't get why she's here. Is she gone? 
after this episode? Oh, when so will the boulder get her? She says she's going to Florida, which I'm, I'm just going to spoil right now. It's like Terry is perfect for Florida. She will fit right in. Yeah, and that actress has been like typecasted as the wife that nobody wants. Like she's always every any other thing that I've seen her in, she's always in that role of I'm married to this guy and the guy really does not want me. And you don't root for her either. <laughs> like oh, no. it's just, she's just That's been I, I guess she just has that look of, you know, you definitely don't want to stay married to me like that's right that's who she that's i mean she plays it well and uh, but it's you know what a sucky thing to be typecasted as you know just you know the the discarded wife that nobody even really wants around yeah and I think in this episode, she says, like, I know I made your life challenging. Like, I feel like that also goes into it. Like, she's the wife that makes your life, quote unquote, challenging. <laughs> and I just, yeah. It's a really interesting box for male writers to create for women. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. Um, yeah, so they... So Terry and Howard and Sue reroute the Glee Club's planes to Tripoli. Um, and they can just do that because they guess the worst principal, Principal Figgy Fig's password as 1234. And his his email address was getting figgy with it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, I did not. And I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that whole scene. I loved that whole scene because it reminded me why I liked Glee in the first place. Because it's just, it's so, it's so spoofy. It's so tongue in cheek. It's got that off the cuff humor. I mean, they, they just throw these one liners at Jane Lynch that she absolutely destroys. Like this whole lactating with rage. Like, this whole episode for me is going to be a love letter to Jane Lynch because, like, I am just, oh my gosh, there was so much good work that she did in this episode. And so that whole scene was so, it was so hilarious. The one-liners, the pacing, the writing, it was just, oh, it it took me back. It took me back and reminded me why (laughs) I love Glee, you know? And obviously having their plane rerouted to another continent, uh, yeah, that's not realistic, but that's why that's why it's funny because there's uh, because uh, a huge part of Glee is the over the topness, the spoofiness, mm-hmm. that off the cuff type of humor. That's a very important part of Glee, and that's why yeah. it's so funny. That's why the humor is the way that it is, and what makes the humor so unique. Yeah, I definitely think that like that scene is kind of totally different from the rest of the whole episode. And it, it's sort of just like this reminder of like, this is how Sue reacts to things. And this is just how she is. And then there's obviously this emotional depth we get later and it, it competes a lot. And I think that's something that makes it difficult for me to enjoy the episode. Really? I don't know. I totally disagree because what we see in this episode is another side to Jane Lynch's character that we 
you know, just haven't really been exposed to. And it really showcased the complexity of Jane Lynch's acting ability, you know, the way that she is still maintaining this, you know, this front of Sue, what we know Sue to be, but then revealing that other layer, that softness that she has, which she really only shows with her sister and, and really seeing her deal with grief and like, how would Sue deal with grief? And I think she had a perfect balance of, you know, Sue and showing us something really raw and real. And I thought that that was amazing. I that's why I love this episode so much. I love this episode so much because of what Jane Lynch does, which is yeah. mix her humor and what she did with this character along with something very vulnerable. Yeah, her performance was amazing. I think the other thing that like we get into with the episode is also that like there's something of a point of like well, this is kind of distracting from the the national stuff. Like, that's, like, literally a line. And I thought that was valid in terms of, like, where they're placing this episode. Just because, like, Sue hasn't really been super active from what I remember in terms of, like, destroying the Glee Club in the past few episodes. And so it's like, why are we having this now? Like, she hasn't really been super active and now just kind of popping it in here. So I feel like, I don't know. It's it's one of those episodes that, like, if it was placed somewhere differently in the season, I think it may have had a better impact. I also agree with that because I think that Jane Lynch did an, a really amazing job with what she was given. Mm-hmm. But I think she could have been given more. And I would have loved to see that um, because... Like you said, there's a, a lot of, oh, <laughs> competition, I think, in this episode mm-hmm. between um, nationals and uh, the Glee Club dealing, like, having um, a say in Jane's funeral, and which we haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> oh, we're, we're so getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but anyway, like, I feel like if it had been placed in a different part of the, the season, maybe earlier, we would be able to dedicate the entire episode yeah. um, to how everyone is dealing with this situation. When was the last time we even saw Jean? I don't even remember. It was a while ago, yeah. which is also not great placement. Yeah, is it? was it when Sue got married to herself? I think so. That was when we met her mom, yeah. too. Yeah. Was that... That's not the first season, is it? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting no. so confused. It was the first half of the second season, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it kind of feels like it was basically first season. <laughs> yeah. So, so many moons ago. Many moons ago. So Becky is, and her mom asked Will if Becky can join the Glee Club because Becky was kicked off the Cheerios by Sue. And Will is like, hey, we're away from national, like a week away from nationals. I can't add any new members. Um, and then he comes up to Sue and is all like, how could you do that to Becky? And Sue's like, because she reminds me of my sister who just died yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
She's so forward about everything, which is, I think, a really great reaction from her. Yeah. It's it's very controlled. And Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of exacting, which I think is is really, really fantastic. Uh, I did not like that Shu went to grab her hand. Didn't care for that. But, like, I guess there is sort of just something about that him trying to connect with her, even though he's, like, always angry with her or whatever, um, that kind of underlines the rest of this part of the story. Um... So I think, like, after having watched the whole episode, I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't hate that moment that much, even if I literally went, ew, out loud when he tried to grab her hand. <laughs> yeah. The only reason why you needed it is because it was shoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, Kurt and Finn come into Sue's office. They're bringing, like, teddy bears and flowers um, and Sue was like, I had to throw most of the flowers out because I'm allergic to pansies. No offense to either of you. <laughs> that was a good one. And they're, they're like, hey, we both know what it's like to lose someone very dear. And they try to reach out to her, and she's like, uh, you know, I'm upset. I'm angry because, you know, she was the nicest person, and I'm probably the meanest. How come she's not here and I'm still mm-hmm. here? Um, and she has this great monologue about it. Um, and Kurt and Finn agreed to, they want to plan a funeral for Jean. And they pitched this to the Glee Club. Well, this is after they find out that Sue is not going to plan a funeral. Like, she refuses yeah. to plan a funeral. And she refuses to go through Jean's possessions at the assisted living home. Um... And she's very uh, separated, it seems like, from the whole situation. Yeah, for sure. At this point. That, yeah. Which is realistic, because that stuff is so hard to do. Especially because, like, like, she doesn't have any other family, too. It's like having to go through all of her belongings and make all the plans. That's stressful enough, let alone having to do it by herself. Yes, same people, this is why you need a will. Because it's hard on people. It's hard on the people that you leave behind. To have to make those decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying this even though I don't have a will, but I really got to get on writing one. This is a PSA for me, too. (laughs) And actually, there's this thing called Swedish death cleaning, where it's like it's like the Marie Kondo way of cleaning, but um, a little bit more morbid. But in Sweden, does this spark like, joy? In, in the Netherlands, how you clean, like how you clean your space, is you think of what's going to happen to your possessions after you die, and uh. that determines what you keep and what you give away and it kind of shows you like it kind of uh, makes you look at your possessions in a different way so that way you like you're not burdening your loved ones after you pass away you know if you pass away like how big of a project are you leaving for your family so there's this whole that that's this whole cleaning type of movement that's traditional um, over in so it is that is really interesting. interesting. Like a, a woman um, wrote a book about it recently, um, and it's uh, I don't know. It's I think it's called the 
the art of Swedish death cleaning or something like that. You can get it on Amazon, but it's really fascinating. I love that idea, though. But how bingeable would that show be, though? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They could make it interesting. I would binge it. I mean, sure. Like, because I mean, I'm more likely to binge that. Than like, does your do your parents like do your grandchildren really want this giant set of golf clubs when you die? I don't think so. Let's put it in this pile. Yeah, or doing like a Gilmore Girls situation where you know the grandparents ask Lorelai and Rory to put a post-it on all of the things that they want mm. when the grandparents pass away, and oh, they're God. just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what it is it's just yeah. hey friends and my, my brother and i have already laid claim to my parents quote unquote estate wow <laughs> oh it's my God. hilarious uh, my family is um very like noxiously lovable to each other and one of our favorite things to do is to claim things after our parents die um, God. And it's, it's I want to have dinner at the Swearington house. <laughs> well, Colin, for a really long time, had no idea that when I was talking to my mom, we were like bickering because we have fun doing that. You tell. Yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Is she talking with this to her mother? <laughs> <laughs> we, okay. we all like to have fun. <laughs> I feel like you have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to have Beth on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. If she asked me, does that mean I have to watch an episode? I said, yes, mom. That's so funny. <laughs> she listens to us, by the way. Yay. Yep. Hi, Beth. Yeah. Another shout out to you, mother dear. I think this is the second week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, so Jesse St. James, who's there this week, and we'll get to his storyline, is like... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the erotic Jonathan Groff is back, um, and he's like, how come you're doing this right before Nationals? You really should be focusing, like, uh, the... I almost called them the Blade Runners. What is their other team? The... Vocal Adrenaline. Vocal Adrenaline. <laughs> the Blade Runners? <laughs> I was like, the valedictorians, the Blade Runners, what are they? Uh, what? Is, that must be the Gatorade getting to you. <laughs> um, and they're, um, the, he's like, they're in 24-hour rehearsals. If, if we have a policy that if they die, we use it as a prop. <laughs> like Weekend at Bernie's. And to be fair, I, that's very, like, accurate to real theater. Um, right. <laughs> like... I just I keep thinking about it out I'm like picturing the uh the number they did at regionals the queen number and like one of them dying and they just like having to use them as a prop (laughs) during that number that's what I'm picturing right now anyway yes it is it is realistic to real theater like rehearsing something that they don't really do on glee That, the, that is oh, so true. we will talk about that. But I think what's interesting is like sometimes the writers will give characters lines that feel like the writers are talking to themselves, you know, like <laughs> being like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea and like at me. Uh, 
but like Jesse saying that is kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Like maybe this isn't the best time to be doing this. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. It's just I feel like it. <laughs> like it the removes show, the like, tension in the life of Glee. No, no, no. In the show, okay. in the show itself, in the life of Glee, I think there's definitely like they're valid to be like, well this teacher is going through a really rough time and we want to help. I think that's totally valid. But I yeah. think like the structure of the show itself, it feels like the writers being like, maybe right before nationals, the penultimate episode isn't the best place to diffuse tension yeah. about their competition? <laughs> Question mark. Or yeah. it really just takes away Sue as a possible threat. Villain. To, yeah. Which you know also what I mean? so then, then you're kind of, yeah, then you're kind of wondering, like, um, oh, well, if Sue's out of the picture, then what's going to happen? What's going to go wrong? Because you know something's going to go wrong. Otherwise, there's no plot. Right. So, so I guess it does add a bit more mystery because, of course, we've only seen Sunshine Corazon twice ever, and she's still a thing, I think. Uh, Is she? <laughs> I think she's still there. She's a vocal adrenaline, right? Yeah. Unless she's died and they're using her as a prop. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but Finn is like, Rachel, you said I need to be more of a leader. I'm making an executive decision. We're doing this. And I'm like, Finn has that power? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was also confused by this. Like, wait, who? Isn't Shu literally sitting there too? Like, isn't yes. Shu the one who actually has the executive decision power? Yeah. I don't but, think I mean, Finn understands power. how anything works. Well, I also don't. So Same. Finn and I are There's in the same no boat. You're yeah. right. The students choose what they do. We know this. Um, so they plan the, uh, they're planning a funeral. And at one point, uh, Will asks Sue, you know, if you hate the Glee Club so much, why are you letting us uh, plan your funeral? And she's like, I'm afraid that no one else would come. And I'm helping Kurt and Finn are helping me clear out Gene's stuff. And I like the idea of using your Glee kids as unpaid labor. Which <laughs> I think is both like true to really how she thinks, but also is like her distancing again from the situation, which I think is really clever. Because mm-hmm. he says, if you need a shoulder to lean on, you can lean on me. And she's like, I'm afraid I'd slip off from all the product in your hair. <laughs> I, I hated his line so much. I was like, that's <laughs> the worst thing you could have ever said. Um, it would have been funny if that- you started singing Lean on Me. A Larry reprise. Did that. A reprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so then Kurt and Finn are helping Sue clear out Jean's stuff, and they're sorting everything into piles, like sentimental stuff, pictures, stuffed animals, stuff that you old magazines you could throw away, stuff you could donate. And Sue is just like a pizza stuffed animal. She had it since she was a kid. The rest of it you can throw out. It's all garbage. Mm-hmm. And Kurt and Finn are just kind of flabbergasted. Yeah, they pick up that old. Uh... VHS. I didn't remember what it was called for a second. Oh my god. Uh, that VHS of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And they're like, but what about this? And she's like, she's watched it like a million times. Like, it probably doesn't even work anymore. It's it's just like, she doesn't want to keep any of these items. And like, that was something that was really really interesting because I was the complete opposite when my grandma passed, is that I wanted to keep every single thing. Because I attach a lot of sentimental value to literally everything that I get eventually. And so it's hard for me to let go. So the fact that, like, 
her approach was to distance herself completely like that, I was like, I, that's that's so interesting to me. I just, I can't fathom that. Can I ask a personal question? Sure. Who, who here has um, had someone close to them die? I'm raising my hand. You can't I'm raising my hand. Me as well. <laughs> okay, so I'm the only one who okay. has not. None of my grandparents or close relatives or close friends have died. And I feel very blessed by that. Yeah. I've been alive 27 years. Um, but so I'm still kind of waiting to see how I'm going to react. Right. So I don't know. Right. That's valid. Yeah. That's the thing is yeah. that like, you don't know what's going to happen until it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's very, I liked this, that scene. There was a lot of emotion mm-hmm. to her just like get rid of all this junk. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, which is something we tackled, but they tackled before with like Finn's stuff from his father. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, right. yeah. yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, and I think that's probably why like Kurt and Finn had the reactions they did to that. Like they were kind of like really resistant to it and were confused. Uh, like a certain, a little bit of a certain element of like telling her how she should be handling the situation. Like they're the ones that convinced her to go through her stuff. That, like this is something you need to do, but I, I mean think, it literally is. So yeah, but I think she had to clear the room. But I think it's also that like the act of like having to sit there to do it. Like if she she literally had them go through things, and then she was like, you know what, just get rid of it all. So I think there's there's maybe a little bit of the element of like them trying to like push off like, well, this is how you should handle it, kind of thing. But I think she's just so like. No, like this is how it needs to be, um, which I think I, is really interesting me, conflict. Yeah, it makes me wonder if the writers had um, experiences that dealt with them losing people close to them, and then like possibly having arguments about what to keep and what not to keep because of their material value versus their emotional value, because right. that seems to be what both of the episodes are about like you said Colin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. material then, objects with emotional value yeah and and of course when you the the reason why i think that the going through the belongings and the stuff can even be more difficult than you know like the funeral service mm-hmm. because when you're sorting through stuff i mean that's a long process it takes a long time and you are going through all of these memories these belongings these objects that you know belonged to this person that have that attachment to this person and it really makes you basically go over their whole mm-hmm. life and it forces you to deal with the emotions you have yeah by sorting through these objects so it's it in a way it's it's like one of the hardest things if not the hardest thing to do when somebody dies mm-hmm. is having to do that and for somebody who's not emotionally you know like like 
Sifu has very limited emotional capacity, um, or she doesn't really like to deal with emotions uh, too much. So for her, completely just, it's easier just to say, get rid of everything, because if she's forced to go through it, then she's also forced to deal with her emotions, which is something she's absolutely avoiding throughout the entire episode. And you can see that. Very true. And I know I just said that I have not been through this process at all, but I imagine that it's somewhat beneficial in the grieving process. Would that be accurate? Or is it just plain hard? I mean, I guess it would depend on yeah, a I lot think of it's things. A very healing thing. I think it's very healing. And I think that it's important because, you know, in the moment, you might want to just not even look at anything. It would be easier for somebody else to just come in and, you know, just make it all disappear. But at the same time, you know, later, you might regret making the decision to not mm-hmm. go through things because then you're stuck with, oh, I really regret not having that. I really regret not keeping that. And uh, just at out of a moment of you know just ha- based on how you were feeling at, at that moment, and in that moment yeah. you're not really thinking or doing things very clearly. You're just you know in this haze of overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we have this great scene, and then in parallel, Will is packing up his apartment. Oh, God. I didn't even make that connection. Wow. Wow. That's... And they're also, like, they have, like, emotional connections to vests, which feels very... uh, How do I put this? Uh, Inconsequential in comparison? I would say that, yes. Yeah. I just... Now I'm just connecting that, and that makes me really angry. I think Will needs to go through the the Swedish thing. <laughs> what is it called again? It's called Swedish, Swedish death cleaning. I, yes, Will should do the Swedish death cleaning. Yeah, get rid Will of his parents want his collection of his vests. I don't think yes. so. Throw them away. Emma was just like, "There's so many vests," and I look like Charlie Brown's closet. Yes, Emma was there helping him pack. Yeah. Why? I don't know. She's friends. his only friend. I guess. I love it. Coach Beast is, they're really good friends, but she hasn't been in an episode in forever. Honestly, I feel like it would make more sense to have Coach Beast there. Right? Like, he, like, I just don't understand. I literally wrote, I'm like, glad Coach Beast is a thing still. <laughs> so, that's in my notes. What were you going to say about Emma, Katie? Oh, I love her. I absolutely love her. She's she I remember, um, you know, her being one of my favorite characters when I watched the show at first when it was first airing. And I just think she's so sweet and so awkward and so cute. So whenever she's in a scene, I'm just like, "Mm, I can't hate anything happening here. Like, she's so cute. She is pretty adorable. I mean, she has the biggest eyes I've ever seen. Which I think Sue says something about it at a couple different points. And I'm like, yes, I agree with you. Her eyes are so pretty and big and adorable. Doesn't she compare to like some of that like rainforest animal with the big eyes? What are they called? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
orangutan. Like a lemur? Sue has called her an orangutan. Well, not because of the eyes. That's because of her orange hair. Red yeah. hair. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say I, I, but that's not... It has a much cute... Does yeah. she, is it bush baby? Is that what she but says? Heart. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> I was going to Google it. <laughs> I'll let you do it. <laughs> I'm so bothered by this. Okay, the... Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. The the Tarsiers. <laughs> it's T-A-R-S-I-E-R-S. I know she didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking of. I feel... She definitely makes a reference to a large-eyed animal that everybody thinks is cute. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Hazier. That's how it's pronounced. Hazier? It's like, it's like a really, it's like a big eyed squirrel. It's like if, if E.T. turned into a squirrel, like that's what it looks like. Kind of looks like Dobby in this one picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It looks like a Furby. Yeah, it does. Now I'm triggered for life. <laughs> it does very much look like a nineties toy. Yeah. I wonder if that's what Furbies are based on. They have the creepiest fingers. Yeah, that's what I said. They're ET fingers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I was thinking of. That's who Emma looks like. <laughs> on the wildlife corner of Gleeboot. <laughs> Katie's <Yeah>. wildlife corner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I can come up with every a recurring wildlife. segment. <laughs> That <laughs> the clique ass looks like. Oh, fantastic! Um, so they're packing up Will's uh, vest, and then there's one vest. He's like, "That was the vest that I wore the day I met you." And uh, Emma's like, well, "I think it's time to let some of these things go," and she puts it in the giveaway pile. No, she does not. She hands it to him, and he puts it in the giveaway pile. It is very key because then you see Emma's face and she's like, oh, I didn't actually want you to give it away. I I missed that. I think I was looking away from the screen for that whole scene. Because <laughs> well, the whole thing is Shu is going to New York to be an April Rhodes one woman show. And Emma's all like. In her one woman <laughs> show. That was very key that you said that. <laughs> Because from what we understand, that's what happens, but it's still a one-woman show. Um, and she's like, you need to follow your dreams. And he's like, oh, it'll probably close on opening night and I'll be back in time for the fall. Because he hasn't told the kids that he's leaving. Because he, he doesn't, doesn't expect wanna, to be gone. He doesn't want to distract them from, from nationals. Uh, yeah. So this is all parallel to the Sue stuff. We just we had to put it in somewhere. Uh, yeah. Is it like? Is it supposed to be like very obviously parallel? As in, he's leaving and never coming back. Uh, like he died. No, I think really it's it might just be the packing thing. Like. Yeah. Okay. I think it may be that, and that's just. Uh, it's like just it. showcasing different forms of loss. 
I guess That's so. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, like you, you've got going through the things because you're dealing with death and then you have, you know, the going through the things because you are leaving, you're moving, you are, you know, chapter moving on. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, out with the old and with the new type of thing. So that's, you know, that's the, I think what it, what, what it showcases there. Um, it's a bit less morbid than where my brain immediately went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just, I don't know, that's you know, another connection is just how, how objects hold so much sentiment and value and symbolism, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something that we don't really think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now it's time to talk about the big funeral. Um, and uh, so it's the funeral scene. Um, well, it starts walks- with her in a car. And I literally was like, why is she not in her car? <laughs> she talks Only about you. it all the time. I was distracting myself from knowing what was coming. That's what it was. And she gets she gets out and she she talks to Will and they walk her into the funeral and inside pure imagination starts playing and you see like there's it's Willy Wonka decorated like mm-hmm. there's giant mushrooms and giant and candy. There's literally <laughs> I yeah I literally, <laughs> I literally wrote oh god no not the saddest cover of that Willy Wonka song. So I hate Willy Wonka. Like the original version, or do you hate both? Both of them. Interesting. I don't like them at all. Okay. This was the first... It took me a couple of minutes to figure out what it was referencing and, like, Mm. why there were mushrooms. Because I really, really dislike that movie, and so I don't like to watch it. Um, (laughs) Because I think it's creepy and weird. Yeah. Um, I also don't like the old version. The new version... I haven't seen it in a while, and I think I would probably not like it now. I haven't seen the new version. I've only seen the Gene Wilder version. Well, they're both creepy and weird, in my opinion. But anyway, (laughs) when I finally got to that point, I was like, wait, what's happening? Because I didn't realize I missed the part where Finn and Kurt found the VHS of Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah, I totally missed that. So I had to wait until... They were like, this was her favorite movie. It would have made way more sense if that we had seen this connection with the Willy Wonka movie earlier. And then with this happens a couple Jean? episodes. Yes. And then this happens when a couple episodes. Actually live. Yes. Because yes. that you're right. It's very tenuous. Like, you have to have paid attention to that. Yes. Now, I will say this is the first time that I heard... The cover uh, this song and actually enjoyed it mm. yeah but let's not jump ahead to the cover of the song yet because there's a lot that happens in this scene um so Kurt and Finn are like it was her favorite movie so we decided to decorate the funeral this way a celebration of her life instead of just grief at her death um and Sue is touched and Sue gets up is invited by the pastor to speak a few words and she's talking about, I miss my sister. Um, and she's just so overwhelmed with emotion that she can't read the, her speech anymore. And Will comes up and he reads the speech about missing her sister and feeling like a tether to Jean that connects her. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, that, that was, was hard. My heart. It broke my heart. Oh my gosh. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, this that whole thing, that whole oh man, that whole speech. I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. Now that you said that, Colin, like that that word tether, I think that's also maybe another connection with the Will storyline is that like he feels tethered to these kids. Yeah. Interesting. That's, they do con- they that do could have been the title, Tether. I like that title. In the Glee Boo. It's a little less on the nose. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a really emotional scene. Jane Lynch was doing some amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I would have loved... I wish it wasn't Will in some way. Like, Will's yes. the only person that could... But I just wish there was another character that could really fill that role. Yes, I um, wish there was someone we liked more who had a better connection with with Sue. Sue. That like that way. Yeah, because it, it was still yeah. It was still very affecting, even with him reading. But I I do really wish there had been someone else. Um, it would have been really interesting if it was like Becky if Becky got up there and read it well yeah the interesting thing about the entire plot with Becky is I think they could have worked her in much more intricately yeah. does that work? yeah okay. um, and I feel like part of the reason why I would want this episode earlier in the season is so that we could spend more time with Becky and Sue and how they are also connected because I would want to, first of all, well, I don't know if I need to see the scene where Sue fires. fires. We do see the scene. We don't see the scene where she fires Becky. Yeah. Yeah, he, she walks yeah, in the hallway and she's like, Becky, put your pom-poms oh on my, my god, desk. I totally forgot. Yeah. Was it a flashback? Yeah. 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 That's why I forgot. <laughs> Maybe see it in order. Anyway. Um, but yeah, then the why reason why... did it start with that scene? It should have started yeah. with that. Yeah. And then uh, the interesting thing is, like, I wish that Becky would have gone to Glee Club and been accepting in Glee Club and not like it. I mm. I want her to be there, but I want it to be her like decision to not enjoy what's happening and really want to spend time with Sue and not be able to because Sue is going through things. Right. Not not because she shouldn't be added to the team right before nationals. I want her to be able to make a decision and be like, hey, I don't, I'm not really enjoying myself here. I want to go back to Cheerios. And I then, really like that. Yeah, that would have been a really great direction to take that in, for sure. Mm-hmm. If they had time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then, like, if it was not right before Nationals, I think you would have time to... To develop like, that. To develop that a little yeah. bit more. Exactly. Yeah. And then it could have been a bigger payoff if if it was, like, Becky who would read for her. But, yeah, I just think... Shoe obviously is the only choice, but it's it's such a distracting choice. Um, and then after after the speech, the Glee Club gets up and sings uh, "Pure Imagination" from Willy Wonka. Um, it's 
it's a nice cover. It's really sweet and sad. Yeah, it's literally like the it saddest. Yeah, I, I like it more than the original. Yeah, I and they show. What are you thinking? I said I did too. Yeah, and they show like footage of Jean like running around and playing croquet and stuff, and yeah. it's it's a they're playing with your emotions there. Oh yeah. Which is what Definitely. made me be like, wait a second, did something happen to this actor? Like, that's what made me really like, oh, gosh. But no, it was just like they shot this B-roll or whatever for this. So. Yeah. Um, do you have something to say about this scene? Well, are you going to talk about the priest? Oh. Yeah. Well, priest, pastor person at the funeral home he he goes up and there was an interesting line where we're here today at the most unusual funeral i've ever seen mm-hmm. talk about the most unusual person i've ever seen met i've had the like i've had the he said it like as the i've had the, the pleasure, pleasure of knowing but i definitely caught that too i was like that's weird yeah, they could have used maybe a better word than yeah. unusual. Yeah, this is the most unusual funeral I've ever been to, like which makes sense for the most unique yes, exactly. person. Exactly, yeah. This is the most unique. You could even use it for the funeral. Like, yeah. this is the most unique funeral for the most unique person. And I was like, why did you use unusual? <laughs> what if What if that was the line, but they flubbed it, and they were like, this is the best take, we have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> the actor forgot his lines. Yeah. Because maybe the actor was like, this is the most unusual scene I have ever had to shoot. I mean, most unusual funeral. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they think pure imagination. And then the funeral is, is full of people from the home, from just anyone that's interacted with Jean. She had a beautiful soul and it like attracted mm-hmm. all these but that was really sweet because she thought it was going to be empty. It surprised me that she thought it was going to be empty. I wonder if there's something to the fact that, like, she knows that she's often so unlikable that maybe that would infect it. That's kind of what I thought. But that's just me reading into it. Um, but, yeah, also, like, we know that Jean was really sweet, but maybe it was just, like, she didn't know a lot of people. Um... Yeah. yeah, she had no other other friends or contacts, and since, you know, they they didn't really have any family left, I mean, the only people that Jean would have interacted with would be the people in the home. And, of course, the people in the home, they're not, you know, they're not like your actual family. A lot of them are paid to be there. So, you know, whether or not they show up to the funeral is, you know, you don't know if they're going to show up or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a really touching scene. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, so that's the, the funeral scene. And afterwards, the talk about tethers really gets to Finn. And he's in his car, and Quinn gets in, and she's like, oh, there's a long line. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm No, great. wait. She says, why are you crying? And my immediate response was, because it's a funeral. She literally cried in the funeral. Like... <laughs> They're making her so soulless. Like, I don't understand why the writers are doing this. But he's not crying because it's a funeral. He's crying because... He's breaking up with her. Yeah. I died. 
I just, I don't like this depiction of Quinn because it obviously leaves behind any semblance of season one Quinn there ever was. And it's yeah. just like, it doesn't make any sense why they have to make her seem so soulless. Like, he could be crying for any number of reasons because this is really sad, but like the actual reason, whatever it is, like, she, why is she why is she questioning him crying? Like, she should be like, everything's okay. Like, she should inherently be like, oh, it's the funeral. This is sad. Yes, exactly. Like, like she's, not, she's not she's not that emotionally unintelligent. Like, she's emotionally intelligent. <laughs> yeah, but. He's, she's like, it's because of Rachel, and he's like, I don't feel that tether to you, and she's like, but you feel it to her, um, and she's like, I'll stay with you, you'll get over your thing with Rachel, next year we'll be prom king and queen, and he's like, no, don't you feel anything anymore, this is real, this is happening, and then she cries, and she's like, is this real enough for you? Okay, yeah, she, I, have, she has, I have an interjection, I have something to say about that whole thing, because, okay, first of all... If if you are saying to anybody, like, I can look over your confusion about this other person, like, just leave them. Leave that person. <laughs> Don't ever say that to another human being that you're supposed to be in a relationship with. Don't look past all it. Just, just break up. Just break up, honestly, because <laughs> if they are not 100% like wanting to be with you and they've got some confusion with somebody else, just leave them. It's not worth trying to convince them to stay. That's just like just flat out. All right. So that's just such a huge red flag when she said that. And then she... And then she says, yeah, she says, is this feeling enough for you? But like, all she did was have like one single delicate tear yeah. face. And like, and this is how I know, like the BuzzFeed quiz got me totally wrong because I'm there like ugly crying with like little snot. <laughs> coming out of my nose and like my makeup's everywhere and she's just like she looks perfect and amazing and it's one glistening tear and it's like is this enough feeling for you and it's like, like no no go viola go davis get that snot <laughs> out of your nose gorgeous quinn i'll believe yeah. you not coming out of your nose that you're feeling anything like that that whole thing bothered me so much this whole conversation probably shouldn't have happened here. Yeah. Right after the funeral. Yeah. Or Bad maybe timing. Just, yeah, introduced in a different way. I don't know. All you had to do was reverse the roles a little bit where Quinn is like, why are you crying? Or not, why are you crying? She would just say something like, hey, I'm here for you. We're all upset. And then he would be like, I'm not crying because of the funeral. But then, of course, Finn looks like the bad guy and Quinn looks like the good, girl, good person in the scene if you reverse the rules. But I still think that would make more sense, character-wise especially, even, because he's he's not been great the past, I don't know, five or six episodes. Yeah, no, last episode, he literally was talking to Rachel about his girl problems with Quinn. And I'm like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Um, so 
What is Quinn and Finn's celebrity couple name? Quinn. Finn. Quinn. <laughs> Finn. I think it's something with their last names, right? Probably. Fudson. Fudson. Yeah. Hubray. No, they're Fudson for sure. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the end of Fudson. Fudson, <laughs> the ship has sailed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, and uh, so then we get another scene with Will and Sue, and Sue is talking about how she's so thankful for what the Glee kids did. Oh, there's a scene we missed in the funeral where she was holding onto his hand. Oh, yeah, while they were singing. Yeah. Which that is kind of the thing that, like, okay, I see that, like, at first she rejected that, and then the second time she was the one reaching out for help. So it's full circle. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I thought my sister would live so much longer. Um, I thought we were all together, but it turns out that it wasn't the case. She's like, I spent so much time hating on your glee club. I always pick a new favorite kid that I hate the most. Lately, it's the dancing Asian. <laughs> Is this the scene where she talks about the life expectancy of the yeah. Yeah. syndrome? Yeah. yeah, she says that what it was like 30, and then, of course, she kept getting older, 35, 40, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't realize it was that young, the life expectancy of people with Down syndrome. I didn't either. I also did not realize this. I wonder if that has changed at all. Yeah, yeah I know I'm like younger, but I didn't know it was 30. Yeah. Like, 50 seems more accurate. Right? Yeah. I wonder if there's any more research done that would change that statement. According to the Mayo Clinic, uh, Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinic, uh, in March of 2018, it says some people can expect to live more than 60 years, depending on severity of health problems related. So, yeah. Great. Good. Yay, science. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, I'll, I'm going to stop. Thank you so much for, for doing the funeral. I'm going to stop hating on Glee Club. Um, which definitely happened like before she's like, yeah, I'm done with Glee Club. And then a few episodes later, she was obsessed with Glee Club again. Yes, this has happened. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'll see it when it happens. But I I like what you say you want to do now. And she, then there's a scene where she brings Becky into her, Becky comes into her office to drop off her pom-poms. And Sue is like, actually, keep the pom-poms in the megaphone. You're going to be a cheer captain next year. And uh, she's like, oh, gee, thanks, coach. And she's like, before you leave, one more thing. Give me a hug. Which I did not like, just because educator-student boundaries. Yep. I was just like, Ugh. the realism of it. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. but of course, understanding the context, I was like, okay. It was jolting yeah. at first, though. It was yeah, jolting is a good word for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing that Sue said she wanted to do was like she wants to get into politics and oh, basically yeah. fight for like the fact that like people with disabilities in varying disabilities, like the funding that they were able to get and like healthcare benefits they're able to get all that kind of stuff, how that was like really uh, being reduced as Jean got older. 
which is pretty, that's a pretty admirable campaign goal. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. What um, was her party again? The Sue Sylvester Liberty Party? Something yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's one more little scene in this kind of funeral storyline. Uh, at Glee Club, Finn says to Quinn, oh, like, thanks for not quitting Glee Club. It's really cool of you. And which, the audacity um, <laughs> to assume that she was only there for him. Right. Like, I was like, yeah. what are they even talking about? Yeah, I didn't actually really understand that conversation at all until you literally just said it right now. <laughs> and she's just, then she's like, oh, don't worry. Then uh, she's like, that would ruin all my big plans for New York. He's like, what plans? And she's like, you'll find out. And it's like, look at the new villain for the finale, Quinn Fabray. Oh, no. I'm definitely rooting for her. Yeah, she deserves way better than everything that she's been getting. I don't care about anyone else in New York, just Quinn. They, it backfired <laughs> for me. They're like, look at this villain. And I'm like, yes! Go, Quinn! So that's the end of, like, the funeral Finn and Will story. Oh, no, there's more. Um, <laughs> oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Because Terry reveal, comes in and reveals that she rerouted the plane to Libya, but then she got on the phone with the head of American Airlines because she said she contracted monkeypox in one of the bathrooms. When she said, that would never happen, they're immaculate. But she, she turns out the VP is a big supporter of the arts, and they, they got tickets to first-class tickets to New York. That's convenient. We're talking about American Airlines, and I think that's one of the airlines that is filling their planes to capacity right now. Nice. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like, hmm, I wonder if that would actually happen, you know, if monkeypox was a real thing. Also, <laughs> like, no ba- no airplane bathroom is immaculate. It's inherently yeah. disgusting. Don't use airplane yeah. bathrooms. Ever. Yeah. And then... Uh, well, I'm not to go to the bathroom, then it's okay to use them. Yes. Yeah, just <laughs> very true. I was like, there well, are exceptions to well, the rule. <laughs> do not wash your hands. Use just use hand sanitizer because that water, it like they rarely empty and clean out those water filters that they have. Don't drink the coffee or just like only drink bottled water. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I've read from like flight attendants and stuff. They're like, yeah, you might not want to do some of these things. Fun fact. Or not so fun. <laughs> or not so fun. Um, and then uh, Emma comes out in the sweater that Will was going to give away her the best. Hated best. it. Hated that. That was a little stalkerish. Like, yeah, just a little. <laughs> I'm going to kidnap you and then make your skin into a suit type of. Make you it know. into a vest. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit. Uh, I mean, she wore a brooch on it. But. I mean, usually she looks great in anything that she wears, yeah. but that this... that vest was not good. Yeah. And she's all like, you're following your dreams, you give so much, you deserve this, go off to New York and be on Broadway. And that's the end of the Will, Finn, and Sue stuff. Yeah, what part that he deserves, I don't understand. I don't think he deserves anything, but, you know. Everyone deserves something, Hannah. Yeah, he deserves to stay in McKinley and just stay in line. Is that really what you want for everyone else? Yeah, some of these people are terrible and they deserve each other. (laughs) See, they do deserve things. 
Any more comments on all this before we move on to the, like the competition for for nationals? Uh, I think that's it. We mm-hmm. kind of started the episode with all of our thoughts on it, so yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so Jesse St. James is back, as we mentioned before. So. So erotic. <laughs> yeah, of course he's hot. Of course, he's, he's another hot guy yes. that stumbles into this high school, and then Rachel's like, "Oh no, two hot guys like me! Like, what am I gonna do?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a giant struggle. Hot! Oh god, <laughs> you're so hot! I have such a problem. Like, <laughs> these are the most attractive people in Ohio for sure. Yeah, and it's Ohio. Are you kidding me? Nothing's in Ohio. I know. I'm in Michigan, and nobody in Michigan goes to Ohio unless the state gets shut down and somebody wants a haircut. So they all go down to Ohio and Ohio is still Ohio sucks. <laughs> this anti-Ohio hate, I will not stand for it. I hate Ohio. Yeah. yeah I'm with you're, you, Katie. If you're from Ohio and you're listening to this, I'm talking to you. I do not like you personally as a person. Wow. You don't like me personally. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Ohio's okay. It's a, I don't know. No, Ohio sucks. I don't yeah. like it there. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of something positive to say about Ohio, but I'm just like, uh, Cedar Point. But like, they are handling coronavirus. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're handling they, coronavirus way better than Florida, which is where I am now. So, but like, two Ohio like cities are now like at risk for being the next epicenter for the virus. Well, Florida's going to win for a little while because, yay, winning. California won for a while. Yeah, I think we're winning right now. Yeah, I don't think you're winning anymore, Hannah. Oh, well, that's good, actually. That's really good news. (laughs) Thank you for telling me that. You're such a loser. (laughs) I've never wanted to be called a loser in my life until now. Thank you. Loser like me. Loser like me. That's my clean version. Thank you. Beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Jesse St. James is back, and he wants them to put on a competition. Well, they're talking about what they're going to do for nationals, and which is next week, and they still don't know. They don't so, have a set list. They, oh, I'm done. That's it. That's all I have to say. Is they don't have a set list. They should be literally singing the same three songs over and over again by now. I'm done. I'm done. Are you sure? <sighs> you want to go on? I'm okay. I'm okay. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, um, they still don't have a set list, and they're talking about oh, like Rachel and Finn should sing a duet. Um, and they're gonna do and, original songs still. Yeah, which and, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we can come back to original songs later in this episode. I have something to say. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> and uh, he and Jesse is like. Finn, your singing and dancing abilities are terrible. You dance like a zombie who has to poop. Um, <laughs> and there are better singers in this club, and Mike Chang can, can dance better. So you're not going to be featured. Um, and he's like, Rachel should be featured, or we'll have a competition. Because first he says Rachel, and then he says, no, we'll have a, auditions to see who will sing in nationals. I actually so thought the audition was supposed to be for guys and that like Rachel was inherently in on the girl side and that it was just going to be guys auditioning. But then yeah, they weren't very clear about that. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, Rachel still has to work for it. Interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah, but does she? <laughs> yeah. No, um, does that. <laughs> uh-uh. 
yeah. And then Rachel, um, then afterwards, Finn is all like, because Rachel's like, you should audition and to be the lead. And Finn's like, all that confidence, all that I've been working towards in two years. Uh, Jesse just shot it all down. I don't like him. Um, I just, part of that was just like, it seemed to me that like Finn was complaining that he had to audition instead of just being given the role. And I didn't like that. It did kind of feel like that. But I'm also like, then why didn't Sam audition? Like, because Sam I was all like... I actually wanted to see Sam's audition. Yeah, I was kind of confused at like, because he, he's like, I agree with Jesse. I think that we should shake things up if we're going big time. Yeah. And he Although Finn's reaction, Finn's reaction to this whole thing was like the epitome of teen angst to me, <laughs> where like you decide that something's unfair and then you like throw down and make things worse for yourself and nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Been there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when you're mad that the teacher assigns homework, so you don't get the homework, nobody cares, but you're going to get a bad grade. Like you just sabotaged yourself. Can't relate to that example, but I get what you're saying. I was such a goody two shoes. I did what and whatever my teachers told me, like homework I had to do. They're like, you have to do this thousand word essay and all these problems. I'm like, you right? I'll do it. I just want to yeah, graduate. I, mean, I, was, I was also a goody two shoes in school. I just, I think I remember that from my brother saying <laughs> things like that. <laughs> He's like, and I'm really parents. gonna show him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like the same thing where Finn's like, I've been working for two years for this, and now one person crushed everything, and I'm not going to audition. And I'm like, well, actually, well, you if you had auditioned, audition, you yeah. might have had a chance. Exactly. Like, this what is a the, doofus. What are you doing? <laughs> Do you Let's think you know if the are just clearly rigged because of the type of person Jesse St. James is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I would, in that type of situation, I would kind of, you know, smell a rat. And what even would be the point of that? Like, even, even Shu can't be stupid enough to be like, well, Rachel and Jesse kind of had a thing and may have a thing now. Like, how could he be that stupid to think that they aren't already rigged? Like, I just don't get it. He probably thinks that he has more power than Jesse's willing to give up type of thing. I don't know. Maybe. But Jesse's yeah. James just represents everything I hate about the theater. Just that type of person, that type of persona is just I mean, you can you can find like a Jesse St. James in almost any theater you go to. It doesn't matter. Oh if my goodness, so these they like, actually exist. What? They actually exist to that level. Like real people do that sort well, of thing. I mean, Jesse, well, because since this is Glee, I mean, Jesse St. James is a really, yes. you know, like overdone version of that. But, um, you know, it, it, it does represent a very real population of the theater community, which is very cutthroat, very egotistical, very much, you know, um, 
Like it, it basically sucking all of the emotion out of any project that you work on because all that matters is winning. You know, like those people that turn the art of theater into a competition. I mean, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those and they make it so not fun. I mean, they think that their job is to go in and prove that they're better than everybody else that they are in like a production with. And and but really all that does is make it difficult to make the production good. (laughs) it doesn't it it just it doesn't become about the teamwork anymore and 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 that's like very theater too i mean you know when jesse was just like pitting everybody against each other in these auditions that's a very real thing that happens because i for some reason they're like oh well if you really want this you're gonna have to literally be ready to murder your castmates for the spot that you want and if you aren't willing to do that well then i guess you just don't want it enough and it's like I just I don't want to do that because I don't want to kill my friend. You know what I mean? It's like that. (laughs) (laughs) that I just don't like murder level. But but, you know, in, in, in their regards, it's like, oh, you just don't want this enough. And in a lot of like higher up places like New York and, you know, like L.A. and things like there's a ton of those people. That's very cutthroat. And that's why, you know. I've done a few paid theater gigs in the past and I always hate going to a new theater or, you know, getting used to a new cast that I'm unfamiliar with because I don't know who the Jesse St. James is going to be. And I have to wait for them to reveal themselves. And usually it doesn't take very long, but, (laughs) (laughs) and then I have to figure out how to avoid them and how to work with them. And so that's why, you know, it's very complicated to be in the theater and to have to deal with these types of personalities. So dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's theater. That's uh, drama. (laughs) Yep. I feel like Glee Club has clearly tried doing like competition, both friendly and unfriendly before, and it hasn't worked. And like, so like, I don't really understand why she was even giving it another chance. Yeah, why he even hired Jesse makes no sense. Yeah, like, yeah, they, it just, no, it doesn't make any sense. I like that he's there because he's an interesting character and I like to see him. But I don't like. I didn't oh. like his purpose. This yeah, it seems. Episode. But I can't even figure out like how else I would have him in there. Like, how would you change that to have him be there? He could just be there. Just don't have him talk. Like, just don't give him. <laughs> <laughs> just let him just be in the room, and that's enough. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't need to like contribute anything. Well, I'm trying to figure out the reason why I like him in this context, or not even in this context, but like, why do I like the fact that he's there? I think it's because he brings drama to Rachel's position. Yeah. Yeah. And she, because she hasn't been, she doesn't have enough drama in this episode. But I don't need him for everybody else's drama. (laughs) Like, Yeah, exactly. 
I feel like Shu could have come up with like, hey, we're going to hold auditions for the lead spot on his own. Like, it's not really that, like, groundbreaking. Yeah, true. All Jesse's there for is to neg everyone. Well, it might be interesting to kind of hit Shu and Jesse against each other. Mm-hmm. Where Shu's like, hey, I don't think we should be doing this. And then Jesse's like, yeah, but I won nationals four years in a row or something i don't remember and that's like Um, the only reason why he's there basically i think it just just shows how much you know uh mr shu wants to win yeah by having this horrible person come in and help if if we did end up hitting them against each other he's like we can win without jesse you know if shu had integrity ever um (laughs) It, it might be interesting for Jesse to, like, hold his own auditions. Right. And then nag everyone, and then have everyone hate him. I don't know. That This is... Yeah. I'm spitballing now. Something it doesn't to feel... prove that, like, it doesn't actually work. Because, I mean, we're getting ahead, but, like, it doesn't end up coming to the fact that, like, what Jesse's approach was didn't work. It's just that she was like, no, we're not doing that. This is what we're doing. And that's that like it kind of ended up being pointless it just started drama for the sake of drama and nothing really came of it and i think that the whole theme of the funeral was there to mirror that and to well to to really show the contrast between what jesse is and what jesse is doing between like and and have this whole other storyline that's all about emotion and caring and empathy and then to have, yeah to have jesse just be the total opposite of that yeah. you know i think that is an interesting contrast. And I think that, you know, Finn was set up to be the opposite of Jesse in this episode, because where Jesse is going with, you know, um, with ego and showmanship and, you know, competition and, and, you know, fight, fight, fight. Then you have Finn who's on the other side of the coin who is focusing on the emotion and you know the empathy and you know it's just really showing that hey like this is this is why we this is why we do what we do you know like like as humans this is why we do what we do this is what this is what actually feels good that stuff doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, there was definitely a contrast between Finn and Jesse this episode. Yeah, and a lot of direct, just like Jesse being an asshole to him. And I was like, Jesse, no, don't do that. Yeah, Jesse was not a nice he person. Wasn't, he wasn't as fun as he used to be, I think. Because, like, because, yeah. like, the things I thought were fun were things that really didn't have a lot to do with the actual, like, Glee Club members' feelings. Like when he was talking about his his judging reality TV class and those kind of things, like those are like fun little things. But yeah. Well, it's interesting because the first time we meet him, he is like this character that brings a lot of drama to Rachel, but he's not a mean person. He actually 
like, is pretty obsessed with her, and you see that he, like... But is he obsessed um, with her, or does she just fit into his world? That's well, that's a good the point. thing. Yeah. Because right after he, quote-unquote, betrays her, he's, like, a completely different character. And we don't see him that much. So every time we see him now, he's that guy and not the guy that we met. Which is one of the reasons why I think it is difficult for me personally to, like, figure out what his motivations are at this Mm -hmm. point. Because the entire time we were getting to know him, his motivations were a lie. So I don't actually know what's happening. Yeah, his his purpose here is really to shake things up. Like there's really no purpose for him. That's, that's it. (laughs) That's kind of it. Like at least there was some sort of goal with him in last season where he was there. Like he's going to get together with Rachel and they're going to be like this perfect couple. And then they're going to, you know, win all of their competitions together against vocal adrenaline. But this isn't really like that. It's just like, hey, I showed up last episode and I'm here to be an asshole. Yep. So he hosts the auditions. <laughs> um, he hosts the auditions. Uh, Santana is the first one to go. He does talk about his reality TV judging competition or class from UCLA um, where he's, he learns how to give Chris... Criticism that is both blistering and unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) That's, it's honestly terrific because it just makes you think of like American Idol back in the day (laughs) and stuff like that. Yeah, that's honestly really accurate. Because there are a lot of directors and people who are just there. They they don't want to help you succeed. They're just there to tear you down. Yeah, they're there to cause drama. That what it takes, you know, and it's like, that's not helpful. That's toxic. Can we stop making that a thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Some some low key shade there at UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he so Santana sings Amy Winehouse's uh, "Back to Black." Um, it's a pretty great cover. I mean, I love Naya Rivera's voice. Yeah, yeah she did a great job. Um, and this is where the episode got a little slow, in that they just did went from song to song. Yeah. That was very, very boring. It, yeah, it was really boring. And it, there also was just like, those were like the only songs other than the Willy Wonka song. And there wasn't a lot of energy really, of like, 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 uh, like active energy that is. There wasn't a lot of choreography or anything. And it was four solos and then a group number that was really sad. And this all happens. The, the audition happens before the funeral. Yeah. and this So is, we're still in the first half of the episode, and there's no... It's like a 10-minute segment. There's a commercial break in between. That's just songs. Yeah. Maybe... Do you think it would have a different sort of energy if there was actually a commercial break in between? And Possibly. We, or, or is it... Because there, I guess, is a little bit more anticipation for you to see what's coming next. But still... Well, if you it's mean, like, like the, the commercials were physically there in between the two segments of singing? Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I. But I feel like I, I would just, still be really engaged. bored. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So then Kurt sings some people from... Uh, Gypsy. 
gypsy. Yes. I'm like, do I want to say that word? <laughs> well, um, that's what it's called. You can't just the change it. Unfortunately, that's what it's called. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he sings it. Um, I actually really like that song. I'm not sure if I care for Kurt's cover. Um, but Jesse, that is all like the song is supposed to be sung by a woman. It's sung by Broadway legends. I don't think you brought it. Um, Kurt's just like, okay. Kurt's and, point was also like, Glee Club has already been over this hurdle 5,000 times. This is old yes. news. And I was like, that was actually really good. That was a yes. really good line. <laughs> I love him walking away. I think that was my favorite part of the auditions is when Kurt walked away on stage and just like, didn't he literally say okay and then he just like walked away? Yeah, yeah. and looked back over his shoulder. Yes. It was. What yeah. do you do with Kurt is like, you know, every stereotypical gay thing, they're just like, hey, can you do that? Can you yes. just. I, I know that, okay, yeah. like, yeah, you're gay, but can you be like really gay? Like, can, can you be really gay? A hundred times. Like, yeah. can, can you wear these pants and... Oh, God, the pants. <laughs> I wrote and, this down. You know, just, like, really lay it on thick. We don't want anybody to doubt that you're gay. Like, it's exactly. not thing that people know you're gay. Like, they, like you are our gay representation. We need yeah, you to put every, all of this on your shoulder. Every gay stereotype just gets put onto Kurt, and he has to, you know, he, he has to go above and beyond with it, which... yeah. It's just so, oh my gosh! It's it's funny and fun to watch, for sh- at times. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's so over the top. It's so over the top. Yeah, he's as Mercedes one time called him the mayor of Gay Town. I <laughs> with a line we will never forget. Ah, uh, yeah. Hashtag never forget. Yeah. Um, and then Mercedes co- goes on and is like, Rachel, you don't even need to warm up. I'm gonna to win this. And she sings Trial of Tenderness. Um, such and- a good song. Such a good cover. She literally gave me chills. Yeah. Like, no, I literally yeah. wrote that too. Like, literal chills. Yeah. Mercedes is by far the best singer in the group. And she doesn't yeah. get nearly enough credit at all. No. Like, so upsetting because, like, she is incredible and she's got, you know, the emotion, she feels it. And, you know, I think that's what she says after she's done and Jesse's critiquing Mm -hmm. her. And it's just, I'm like, man, I would love to live in a world where the Mercedes of the world could get the lead spot instead of the Rachel Berries. Like that yeah. would be, yeah. That would be really it's, nice, you know, because like people are like, oh yeah, I know you're you're amazing, you're so good and everything, you're so soulful, but like, okay, like we'll you're go not with this, right. We'll go with this, right. you know, picture perfect white girl who mm-hmm. doesn't really stir up a lot of emotion. You know, like that's, and it, that's a thing that we see across the board everywhere, and a thing that we're hopefully going to be fixing, but. um yeah, I just, I don't think she gets enough credit, and it really bums me out. Okay, you're a cat. Is that Snooky? Sorry, no. no. <laughs> I was just like, I hear a cat, another another podcast. I'm sorry, that's my no. cat. It's my cat, Maisel. Maisel! Maisel is like, another I have some things to say about Glee. Tell us, Maisel, what do you think? Maisel! <laughs> 
Maisel? Maisel? Can you hear her? Yeah, I heard her a little bit. <laughs> she, I agree she, with that. whatever she says. I agree. Yeah. So she says Mercedes needs more more screen time. Yes. yes. She needs more recognition, more screen That's time. the thing is that, like, the writers often forget how great, like, Amber Riley, the actor, is at singing. And they'll just, like, randomly remind us when they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mercedes is a character. Well, here we go. Here's a good song for her. And it's just like, why? Why is she not in this more? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he calls her... Uh, lazy! Her, yeah, he calls her lazy, and which is something they call... I just want you to remember that as we go into season three, because that's like a thing that... Glee brings up again, which I think is very problematic. With her character or other? With her character. Interesting. Yeah, majorly problematic. Yeah, no, for sure. I literally was like, huh, that's uh, great messaging there. Love it. Love to see it. That made me so angry. She does say she doesn't need to rehearse. She just feels the music, which is one of those Glee things where you're like, yeah, feel the music, but also please rehearse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also, I'm like, but what do you mean she has to rehearse? Like, she, she killed did amazing. it. Like, yeah, she did amazing. I was she like, maybe her approach is working. Or at some point or something. I mean, like, she, it's fine if she's not. Yeah, she typically picks songs, songs that she's either done before, or she just knows really well. So, like, yeah, she yeah. doesn't need to, like, rehearse, rehearse because she's like, I know what this song is. I know how I can kill it. And she does. Yeah, exactly. right. We also never see anyone else rehearsing either. I think we've seen it like once or twice ever. And yeah. I was always yeah. like, oh my God, rehearsal. But you're actually it. practicing. Yeah. And I love how for like every rehearsal or every song or audition, they always have this nice full orchestra present oh, yeah. there accompanying yeah. them. I'm like, dude, when when I was in high school for our musical theater, we had a CD and yep. a retired piano teacher named Mary Coffee. <laughs> like, that's all we had to work with. I'm sorry, what was the piano person's name? Her name was Mary Coffee, and she Love was it. a wonderful woman. Oh, Mary, Mary Coffee? Mary Isn't Coffee. like the caffeine drink? Yes. Yeah. And she played the piano that's- for all of our musicals, and she was amazing, but that's literally what we had to work with just you know that yeah. piano accompaniment and sometimes a cd with extras <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like i feel like in the glee boot it would be fun to play with both like having the band and the orchestra like getting them involved in the story but also sometimes people being like okay this is the audition song i've chosen and they give someone a cd <laughs> like that would be really <laughs> fun to play with like the sort of realism yes. of that well, and just speaking of the band, we we kind of skipped over this a little bit. I just now remembered when Santana is singing, she's We're like all over the band members. Yes, the piano guy. I think this is the bass guy's ass. Yes. I'm really yeah. like, okay. The bass guy looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, first I felt really bad for him. Santana. Yes, he I will never like it was. I thank oh, you, Mickey, Hannah Montana's brother. Oh, Jack <laughs> from Hannah Montana. He's Jack. Oh my gosh! Oh man, 
Yeah, yeah she was like, oh, like God, that actor. Anybody to recognize who he was? He was trying to like break away from Hannah Montana and be like this bass player, and he's like, no, I just want to be music. I don't want to be known for Hannah Montana anymore. Yeah, don't, that's, that's a good. Don't, don't show any spotlight on me. Yeah, just like that actual actor. That guy is forty five years old playing a high schooler. So Jesus, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the show is an adult. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So then Rachel sings a song from Funny Girl. Oh God. Uh, yeah. The, which I was like, I'm so glad we had Katie on for this. I know <laughs> yeah. this is why I'm here. I know this is why I'm here. Yeah. So to recap. Really early on, what was it like the first regionals episode, right? Yeah, Where sectionals. Sectionals, all right, sectionals. Uh, uh, Rachel sang Don't Rain on my Parade. And we had a clip of Katie complaining about, <laughs> rightfully so, about how Rachel tried to Barbara a Barbara song, and it, uh, it will forever live on in my heart as. <laughs> A wonderful addition to the podcast. Thank you. One of my proudest moments right there. <laughs> uh. So I, I've i only seen Funny Girl maybe once, and I do remember this song. But yeah. I don't remember it enough about? to compare it. And I don't, I did not like this cover for a number of performative reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not like her leaning back Uh her lip singing was a little off early on and uh overall i just didn't really get the song in general because she's singing it and jesse well, before that jesse's like are you singing to anyone in particular and she's like not really and he's like oh yeah and then it shows finn and then i'm like but in the context of the audition She's just singing it to no one in particular. So then where's her emotion coming from? Like, Well, I think she was singing it about Finn, but she didn't want to tell Jesse. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's what I got also. But if she's saying like, no, no one in particular. And if I'm just watching it and I'm like, I don't, I think you're faking it. That's what I think. <laughs> so like, I didn't like it. Did he, did Jesse expect her to say, yeah, I'm singing it for you? That's what I was confused about, too. I was like, <laughs> I thought Jesse was actually going to, like, rip into her really hard after this because she didn't say, like, oh, you know, just, like, the guy I'm currently singing or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so this is this is my opinion about the whole Rachel consistently doing funny girl uh throughout the entire series of glee and keep in mind this is just my opinion okay so i mean i will say funny girl is my favorite musical i think that yeah that it's number one it's number one my favorite musical um it has stood the test of time i've been i've rewatched the movie like a, probably a million times I have the record and you know I just I know every song and every word basically and I mean it it, it is well known that in terms of funny girl 
Um, I mean, Barbara Streisand kind of took the role of Fanny Bryce and just made it untouchable. Mm-hmm. And so when anybody tries to touch it, I mean, automatically it kind of falls a little bit short um, just because that legacy is there. Um not to say that anybody couldn't do that role and do a good job with it. Um, but I just don't think that person is Rachel slash Leah Michelle. And the reason for that is because it, the role of Fanny Bryce, she has to have incredible, amazing talent. But at the same time, she also needs to have this humor and comedic mm-hmm. timing and likability that yes. Rachel slash Leah Michelle just does not have. And that is what Barbara Streisand had and perfected because the whole thing with Fanny Bryce, that character, is she's really good. She's really mm-hmm. talented. But because she doesn't fit into the mold of the stereotypical beauty, then she adopts comedy as a way to cope as a, as like a coping mechanism that she can use whenever she is feeling, you know, like unqualified. And so that's a very, very, very important piece to Fanny Bryce that Rachel and slash Leah just does not have. She doesn't have the comedic timing or like ability or chops, if you will, to, pull off Fanny Bryce. Like, yes, she can, she can belt, she can sing, but at the same time, it's like every girl out there who can belt thinks that she's Streisand. Okay. And they're just, they're just, they're not, they're not because there's so much more. It's, it's more than just being a good singer and to be able to hold the notes. It's way more than that. And, and then in the musical funny girl, Fanny Bryce is basically it's it's almost a one woman show like she has all of the songs i mean she has nikki arnstein in there and she has like some minor characters like her mother and like the other showgirls and things like that but basically the show is all about fanny the movie it's all about barbara barbara's in every scene barbara sings basically every song i mean it's it's a heavy duty role and you have to keep up not only the singing, but the acting throughout the entire thing. Otherwise, the whole thing just crumbles. So what you're saying is, Rachel is not a funny girl. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. She is not a funny girl. She I think they hinge... Because of the stardom and because... Yeah of the uh, because of the Streisand acclaim she doesn't want funny girl because of you know who because of the person that Fanny Bryce actually is yeah I feel like because of the basically if she gets that role she's on stage the entire time I think that's like like hinges a lot on Rachel's Jewishness and Barbara Streisand's Jewishness as a connection. And like you're saying, like the being able to hold these amazing notes and just be a powerhouse singer, but you're absolutely right. Like there's so much more to Barbara Streisand that like, yeah, like Rachel just can't embody because she's so unlikable in, Mm -hmm. in this show a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And and even Leah Michelle, the actress, is she, she, 
she doesn't have that quality either. I mean, she. I mean, she's more of a Jesse. Yeah, not gonna lie. I, I was talking to Colin about this. In real life, she absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watched kids and growing up and everything. Like she, like there are stories where she was just an absolute terror on set. Yeah, and she, like, bullied like her castmates on Glee and everything like that. And like I've met people like her before, so I completely understand like the type of person she is and why she is the way that she is. Cause you know, being in Broadway at that young of age, that yeah. does something to a person, you know? So she, sure. she, that's her armor to get through the industry is being that way and behaving that way. And hopefully she breaks away from that, you know, because she is, she does have talent. She, she can sing and, and she, she can act, but she just can't do Fanny Bryce. Yeah. I told Colin yesterday that like, I, I, because I had watched some videos about the whole Leah Michelle stuff, uh, that there were these compilations of like Leah Michelle being annoying for five minutes straight kind of videos. And I watched a couple and I was like, yeah, she does not come off in the best of light, unfortunately. And it just is like, Ooh, and you can watch. feel that, like, you can feel that egotism and that. I am the star. It's all very performative. Like it's like, it's, there's nothing genuine. There's nothing genuine there. It's all performative. All of it. Yeah. I think that's what she had to do in order to, or or what she thought that she had to do. And from, you know, a a very young age to make it in the industry. That's who she had to be. And that's who she had, what she had to do. And I feel like this performance specifically of this song is that like, it, it felt very performative. Like I didn't believe what was happening. Exactly. It was almost overacting. Yeah. It was on the border of overacting. And I mean, you compare what she did. I mean, compared to what Streisand did. I mean, it's two totally, two totally different things. I mean, yeah, they, they're, they're, they both are able to hold the notes, but Streisand, she's just so, classic and dignified and even though she's hurting she's going out there and singing and putting it all of that into a song and not letting it affect her relationship with her audience and with Rachel it was just like okay I really have to hit these notes and this is emotional so I just have, have to, cry. to make all of these ugly crying faces while I'm singing and that will signify emotion like it but yeah. it's not it's not enough it's not enough she needs to now she needs to take what Mercedes has and put it in to what she does because Mercedes has, has that piece that Rachel's missing. Yeah, right? being able she to has that, she emote. has that connection. She has that emotional ability to feel what she's doing instead of just putting on a front. Yeah. Wise words. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, <laughs> my book is coming out on, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, please read a book about the differences between Rachel Berry and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> a complex look at. I love it. In this, in this article, I will. <laughs> It'll be up on Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so after all their performances, Will and Jesse are deliberating um, because Jesse's all like, oh, that was outstanding, Rachel. No negative comments. And Santana's like, this is rigged. Yeah, and I was like, I agree with Santana. 
And so Will and Jesse are discussing it, and Brittany's filming them, and he's like, I need this to fill to practice for reality TV. And then he's like, Santana too mean, Kurt too controversial, Mercedes, I said it before and I'll say it again, lazy, and it's just like Yeah, Ugh. and then he spells out bones. And I'm like he yeah. gets like lazy bones with lazy B O N E S and I'm like, why? And then um Will is like, are we sure we should be filming this? And he has Brittany turn off the camera. And he's like, do you really think Rachel, giving it to Rachel will help us win? And he's like, yes. So then Jesse and Rachel meet the auditorium. But before this, Brittany invites uh-huh. Jesse on to, to fondue, fondue for two. For two. Fondue I for two. To interview her cat. I oh, wait, no, to judge her forgot. cat. <laughs> I completely forgot about fondue for two. And that just made my entire day. I'm like, I forgot about fondue for two. That's hilarious. I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out because that is important. Yes. yes. <laughs> Vital storytelling right there. Yes. Uh, so then Jesse and Rachel meet in the auditorium and he's like, you have the part, like, I did wrong by you all that, like, last year and I came back to do right by you. And he kisses her and as he kisses her, Finn walks in with a flower and he's like, all like, the oh, flower is bent, like it's sad. It isn't even I love imagining, I love imagining Finn like walking into the school, being like, "Okay, I'm gonna talk to Rachel." And then he's like, "Oh crap, I should probably do some gesture or something like that." And he just like plucks that tulip from the school garden. Yes, yes I can see it. Like it still has yeah. roots on it. Like he completely like, <laughs> it's covered in bugs like, and dirt. I like you, you know, here's the flower. Like that's, I think that was the extent of his thinking process. And, um, I also, also in that scene, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well in this imaginary scene where we're writing, I want someone to bump into him and bend the flower <laughs> and him just to be like, Oh, it's like, oh, I don't have time to pick another one. <laughs> yes, <Aww>. exactly. <laughs> just a, a bent tulip with roots and bugs. Yeah, it was my love for you. It wasn't an afterthought <laughs> at all. Here's a wilted flower from the school garden. <laughs> and that also the kiss that Jesse gives Rachel, that was the most passionate kiss I've it ever seen. Weird. It was so dry and like oh my i that just showed to me like oh okay so he doesn't actually like her she he just likes you know that how well she fits with him and yeah they're both so performative it's kind of like they're perfect for each other yeah it was like like okay and now this is the part in the scene where you kiss and then he's like okay kiss and done check on to the next thing like that's it there Mm -hmm. no that's exactly what it seemed like it was a horrible kiss yeah it was really awkward and forced and he yeah, was taller than her and he just had to like scoop down there like a draft yeah. like it was so <laughs> awkward yeah it was not erotic no <laughs> or even romantic or even yeah. like or passionate I, or loving in any way it I was didn't want to look at it. a mailbox like that's, <laughs> that's sexual attraction like okay in the movie superstar like <laughs> her do you know what i'm talking about the movie no. no no you don't know the movie superstar no okay all right never mind wait i have to look this because i forget her name 
I forget her name. That's from SNL. Oh, man. Kristen Wiig. No, no. Molly Shannon, who plays Mary Catherine. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Yes. In that movie, because it used to be an SNL skit, and then they turned it into a movie. And in that movie, she practices kissing on a tree. Yes. (laughs) That has more sexual, like. (laughs) More sexual tension. Yeah. And Jesse. Yeah, Jesse does have this great line where he's like, "Oh, you recognize the masculine, masculine click of my designer boots." Oh boy! No, right when he's walking, yeah, out to her, I just <laughs> uncomfy. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, we got you the part." And then everyone is looking at the sign-up sheet and they're like bewildered and they're like, "Try not." Rachel's like, "You know, this is deeply personal. Try not to take it personally." And they're like, look at the sign-up sheet, you didn't get it. And then they go in, and Will's like, this is the kind of infighting, infighting with each other. That well, the sign-up sheet actually says... Urgent meeting. Urgent meeting at whatever time. Yeah. And then during the meeting is when Will is like... I don't like all the cutthroat attitude, because they're all throwing shade at each other. Um, I want a team spirit, so we're not going to do auditions. Uh, we're going to sing two original songs as a group. And then they're all complimenting each other. And Which we're going to write in one week. Yep. Yes. Yep. Rachel's like, how do you get that raspiness? And Santana's like, I, I smoke cigars. cigars. <laughs> I laughed so hard. That was such a good line. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, he's like, okay, get writing. And yeah, Maisel. <laughs> Maisel, I agree. <laughs> one week is not long enough to write a song. You're so yeah, right. Like, they need longer. You can't make a decent composition in one week. What did he say? I want two hits by the time wheels touch down. Right. That's... And I was like, what? <laughs> That's your deadline? That should not be the, the deadline should be before you leave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We wrote so original four days. Yeah, they like we wrote original songs in my choir in high school, and it took an entire semester. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't good. Like that, it's gonna take. I, I mean, like, this is Glee, where all the most talented um, high schoolers on the planet just happened to all be together. So, I mean, anything's. Fine. I, mean, I feel like they're not geniuses. <laughs> I hope they write. I hope they just they just go from my headband and call it a day that's what i want to see yes, next episode yes. <laughs> can we please have them sing my headband at national my headband and only child that's all we need <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode i want to see <laughs> oh, i wonder God. if rachel will get a solo despite them not having auditions huh hmm. guess we'll find out wow okay I literally yeah. don't know what the original songs are for Nationals. Like, I don't think I've ever heard them. So, yeah. Exciting stuff. Must be good. Yeah, it's a great sign, right? <laughs> I've never heard of them. Now I think it is Tina time. Okay, so Tina had one line. Was it in the song? It was really one of the yeah, best. So, yeah. That's like the best. I was, I was like, honestly, I I question it because it's technically, technically a, lyric. a solo. Yeah. <laughs> so she might have had zero lines, but that's just where that priest like, you can had more lines than that. Tina did. Yes. <laughs> well, poor Tina. 
Yeah. Honestly, what a great gig for that actress to have like minimal work and yet adoration. You know, that those are the best characters to play where you have right, like, people still just, love her. Yeah, where you just scoot on in, be loved, like only say five things and then be like, all right, cool, peace. Like that's that is the best, you know. Instead <laughs> of like the Rachel Berries that have all of the like lines and dialogue and blah 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 and like nobody likes her. But uh for Tina, like that's that's not a bad gig. That's really not. We, she has her own section on the podcast. Yeah, she yeah. does. Like, we love exactly. Tina. All of the accolade with none of the memorization. It's great. There you go. <laughs> so, this is now it's time for MVPs and LVPs. Katie, who's your least valuable or least favorite character this week? Um, Rachel Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. I know, you're all shocked. Um... And my my favorite for the we'll, we'll go around. We'll all do our least favorites, and then okay. I'll do our favorites. Okay. Well, Rachel yeah. Berry for all the reasons that I monologued about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, my least favorite is Shu, because for even letting Jesse do what he was doing, that was just absolutely uncalled for. Like, he, I don't think he's that stupid, but apparently he is. But yeah, so Shu. I'm going to go with Jesse just because we discussed how useless he is in this episode yeah. and how mean he is. And just like, I don't know. I just didn't like him. Yeah. I'm going with Jesse too. He was, I love Jay Groff, but he was not, he's not groffing me today. <laughs> he's not groffing <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. So now Katie, who's your MVP this week? Uh, man, I don't, uh, I don't know if I like anybody. Um, I had a hard time too. (laughs) I mean, um, I would probably say Jean, she did a great job in those VHS tape home videos that we saw in the funeral. Mm. Right. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Just have the little memoriam for Jean. Um, and but I'm like also a little bit disappointed that this wasn't a really arty centered uh, episode because he's my favorite character and I've had a crush on him for like ever since I started watching the show. So, yeah, I'm I'm very upset that he did not have basically like a whole lot of lines, in the, if any lines. Uh, but so I'm going to have to give it to Jean. All right. That was a hot take. You said that Artie's your favorite character? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we've we discovered some hatred for Artie, uh, unfortunately, okay. on this podcast. That's, that's okay. We don't <laughs> all have to agree, and it's less competition for him, so I'm fine. Perfect. Wait, less competition for you, you mean? Yeah. So you yeah. have a crush on him? Yeah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He was, like, in ninth grade. That was, you know my one of my crushes from television (laughs) (laughs) um so my mvp is kurt um mostly because he offered to step up and help with the funeral um but i'm not choosing finn for the same reason because he was super annoying i'm gonna go with mercedes because she did the best at 
at the auditions. Mm. And that's literally the only reason why. Um, even though I didn't like any of the auditions, she yeah. had the best. When it comes yeah. to singing, then Mercedes takes the lead for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Sue because I like the emotional side we got to see of her. Um, I thought Jane Lynch did some great acting. Um, yeah, this was great Sue content. So, Sue. Um, so, Katie, what was your least favorite song? Um, wow, that's a tough one. I'm going back and forth. Uh, do, do, do you want me to list all the songs? If you could, I'm having trouble remembering them all. We, we would have listed them as soon as we got to me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Pure, Imagi- Pure Imagination, uh-huh. uh, Some People, uh-huh. Back in Black, not or back to black. Uh-huh. Um, try a little tenderness. Uh-huh. And the song from Funny Girl. Yeah, that one. The song from Funny Girl was the worst. <laughs> yep. For all the reasons we have previously discussed. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with Kurt's song. Uh was it somebody or someone? Some, some, people. some people. Some people. Yeah, something like that. Um I just wasn't really into it. I've never seen the musical, so like I don't really have any connection to it. Um, the other songs I could enjoy sort of like, I guess, out of context, I think. Maybe not so much Rachel's. But this one probably wouldn't be one I would listen to. I'm also going with some people. Just, I don't know. Kind of the same reasons. I don't have any connections to it. I don't, I don't know. It's just like the most boring song in the episode, in my opinion. So I'm going with some people too. I love Ethel Merman's version of the song. Um, and I just feel like it's such a weird choice for Kurt and his same style and vocal range. Um, yeah, it just was an odd choice. Um, yeah. So Katie, what was your favorite song this week? Uh, definitely try a little tenderness that Mercedes song. That was yeah, amazing. Sure. I love that song, first of all, uh, by Otis. <laughs> I love the original. Um, and Mercedes just did such a good job. I loved it. Yeah, she brought something different from the original, which is really good. Because sometimes I feel like at least some of the Broadway numbers on the show are often kind of close to like recordings of those numbers that I've heard. But this is like she did a really good job of making it pretty different. I liked, I really liked Back to Black too because I love that song and I love Santana's version of it. But it does, it kind of lacks a little bit of the emotional depth that Amy Winehouse's original has. So I'm definitely going to go with Mercedes because she brought something a bit new to it, but still maintained like just that, that essence of the song. Yeah, she really just belted it out. It was great. Oh, it was literally chills. Like, Chills yeah, everywhere. Goosebumps, literal goosebumps. It was amazing. Yeah. I am actually going with pure imagination. Oh. Because okay. um, I think it surprised me that I liked it because I really, really, really hate those movies. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they actually got me to like the song was like pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. great. That's awesome. I'm going with pure imagination too. Um, it made me sad and I liked the use of all everybody's different voices. It made me um, sad and I liked it. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm going with pure imagination. So, and that brings us to the conclusion of our episode. Katie, do you have any social medias you'd like to plug? Um, I've been kind of on a social media purge, um, but I am coming back around to it uh, in the form of Instagram. So, at Katie Weather Lady uh is my instagram there's nothing posted on it yet it's empty but um that's where you can keep up for when i actually do post something so nice nice and, and I just want to plug our Sony's. Yeah, so we are at Gleeboot Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then we're also on Tumblr, gleebootpod.tumblr.com. You can follow my YouTube channel at Y-A-B-O-I Ryan. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at yourboyryan99. And you can follow me at a.m.swearingen. That's S-W-E-A-R-I-N-G-E-N. I haven't posted anything in a while, but I'm hoping to post some more art stuff on some projects that I'm working on. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. You've done some really cool stuff of your like D and D characters and like the NPCs. I like yes. that stuff. That's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> this is something totally different. Oh, fun. Um yeah, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Katie, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed reminiscing and feeling the nostalgia of watching the early days of Glee again and uh, talking with all you guys. So thanks. This was a lot of fun. Yes, and so glad that Maisel joined in. We always love yes. this podcast. <laughs> Maisel had fun too. She keeps wondering where, who are all these people coming out of my computer? <laughs> <laughs> Maisel, say yeah. hi. Maisel. Oh, we got a little meow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Glee boot.